0: This
1: is Brainwaves. This is Brainwaves. This is Brainwaves. My teacher wishes to Rainwave. Catch some Brainwaves. This is a podcast. The podcast is a podcast
2: about teaching. I mean the best podcast.
1: This is my favorite podcast. I love Brainwaves.
2: You're listening to Brainwaves.
1: Wait, so is it Brainwaves Podcast? The brainwave. Po- Wait, no. The Brainwaves Podcast. Brainwaves? Við erum.
0: Whoever you are, wherever you are, and whenever it is, you are catching some brainwaves. The podcast aimed at making us all more informed, inspired, and connected. Educators coming to you from almost always sunny Longmont, Colorado, and it's 2024. Happy Woo-hoo! New <laughs> Happy New Year to everyone! And thank you for tuning in. This is our first episode of the year, and we had the best conversation with our two guests. It was I mean, amazing. it was like the best January is the perfect time to re-norm and also to renew some of your teaching
3: practices and philosophies. Exactly. And Ken and Kendra Versoy were the perfect teachers to kick off the new year with. Our second married couple (laughs) as guests and at the same school, no less, who are both math teachers at Skyline High School. And Ken is even one of our P-TEACH instructors for statistics, which is yes. incredible. But for real, they drop some amazing knowledge for all teachers in any content area. So here we go. Ken and Kendra, welcome to Brainwaves. You are both math teachers, sticking with our parents' love connection theme this year. You're also married. Hooray! (laughs) Hooray! Uh, You both teach at Skyline High School, and we're not sure how you do that because both Susie and I could not work with our partners on a daily basis. It would just I would
0: lose too much. (laughs)
3: So, (laughs) when we interviewed Jeff Krall in our last episode, we thought of you both in regards to creating an environment where students are encouraged to think critically and outside the box, and all that starts with academic safety. So we wanted to start with a question around how do you start creating
2: that environment in your classes at Skyline? And Kendra, let's start with you. All right. Um, You know, the thing I have to say at Skyline, truly the most important thing is that student relationship mm-hmm. especially with our students mm-hmm. like if you have that strong relationship they're willing to work harder for you you can stretch them further you can ask them to do more in your classroom mm-hmm. so it's just i mean that's number one that truly is the key thing 100%. and then kind of building on what jeff said is setting up the norms from day one. Oh yes oh, it's it's vital okay. um, so i mean an example of that is in our algebra one geometry algebra two classes We allow for like test retakes Mm -hmm. and them knowing that going in because all three of these are graduation requirements is key. Now, we aren't just simply, you failed this, you get to retake it. It is setting up that expectation of like what they have to do in order to retake it. So they have to complete the study guide, they do have to come in. And our goal for that is then we have the opportunity to work with them and teach them how to study for that test. So then when they get to our later college credit classes, whether it's AP or through CU so Succeed, they then know um, what they need to do to study. But we created that safety kind of in the first three classes and the prerequisites in order to be successful. And then I was really fortunate the summer. I was able to go to Teach to Reach. Yes. yes. we've been talking. We've been
0: referring to Teach to Reach conference so many times this year. It was amazing.
2: It was a great conference. So Lil it the big guest speaker Mm -hmm. the second day. um, I've really been using his strategies and I actually think it's helped. And it's given students the opportunity to take more risks. Mm -hmm. So Lil it his big thing is about whiteboard work and working at the whiteboard and working vertically so we can see it. Um, And in the math class, we just know it's so important that for students to get better, they have to do the math. And if a teacher is up at the front of the classroom talking, they're not going to do it, and then we're randomly calling on people, and it creates a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. But when they're all at the whiteboard at the same time, one, they're all doing math at the same time, so it's not as scary, but it also gives you the opportunity to kind of stand in the center of your class look at the work the students are doing at the time. And if a group is struggling, you're able to go up to that group of three Mm -hmm. and kind of help them one-on-one and then kind of work through the mistakes or explain the problem. Mm -hmm. And because you kind of check in with every group, it's not a big deal. It also creates that smaller environment. So they're asking questions Mm -hmm. and they're working with more students in the classroom. So they're actually just more comfortable with their classmates too. Amazing. And that public feedback loop
0: too of being able to just look around the room and see what another group is doing if they're stuck or trying a different strategy is just, I think, so confidence building. That cold calling experience that I think we all may have had. With, <laughs> right? like we all grew up with in math class is is what produced that anxiety. We're working together. I hope you're seeing too. People start talking immediately yes. when they get up to the board. It's an,
2: it's incredible, and especially providing the one marker, mm-hmm. like he said. So they're not all working individually because right. if I have multiple markers, they won't do that. But mm-hmm. the one marker, they'll work together. Interesting. And you can sometimes see their stuck and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's the first step," mm-hmm. and then they'll start.
3: Mm. But they'll start. Yes. yes. And that's huge. Start. And that's
2: yes. often the biggest thing is and where to start. Now they're taking the risk and they're going through it. And they know if they're stuck, they can ask their teammates. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they even ask the group next to them before mm-hmm. they ask me. And, and I love that.
0: That's yeah, great. That's huge. That peer-to-peer yeah. modeling. That's fantastic. What about you, Ken? Yeah.
1: Um. I also went to that conference and I'm also doing the thing. Mm -hmm. We were discussing it earlier, like my students are kind of getting sick of that deck of cards. (laughs) 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 Randomly assigned this time and who knows who you're going to be partnered with. But um, the only thing I would add to it is having that sort of low risk environment. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, uh, I had it in class today. I'd said, hey, what's, what's this number? And a student gave me the wrong number. And I just said, thank you for falling into that hole. Mm -hmm. I needed somebody to do that so that we can talk about it as a class instead of saying, oh, you're wrong, right? That sort of cold Mm -hmm. call experience where you just get that, like, shut down. You just get just hit almost with, oh, you're wrong. Next person just be like, oh, oh, good thing. Thank you Mm -hmm. for volunteering that information. Like, given that, like, they took a risk and it was wrong, but there was no penalty for it. There's no, like, punishment. There isn't that situation where you say something wrong and the teacher's just like, oh, well you're dumb next person. Like,
0: <laughs> no, you can't uh, do
1: that. You have to establish that, that safe environment. And I just start out with easy things. Like what we're dealing with in statistics right now is confidence intervals, which is fantastically complicated if that's what you start with. But I just start with, okay, can you add? Can you subtract? Can you divide? Great, now that you can do that, let's just do that with some specific numbers. And then let's see what those numbers do and then sort of build them up to it to where the point where they're at the point where they're taking a very high risk situation of like, oh, my gosh, I have to tell you what this number means at the end of this three sentences of explanation. And it's wrong, but I don't feel bad that I got it wrong because it's easy to just say, oh, that was really close. and have that happen where hey let's take their first sentence with Mm -hmm. your second sentence and this kid's third sentence and put them all together and you guys know everything and just really building that that confidence that relationship to the point where they're not
0: yeah yeah they're Mm -hmm. not
1: afraid to try it they're not afraid sort of the word kendra used was stretch they're not afraid to stretch out and test that test that theory test that idea see if they are right because most of the time they are but they're afraid to say it because they've had that like cold call mm-hmm. experience where they didn't know the answer and they got shut down because they were wrong and then they're not comfortable anymore.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. We it, Education, mm-hmm. I think, has been we've been so ingrained in right and wrong, like you're correct or you're incorrect when really it should just be about the learning. Yeah. Like, oh, that was a great hole that you like got us into. Let's talk about it because
0: that's where we're going to actually learn the most. Yeah, right? process over product. And I'm also so glad Kendra, that you brought up test, test retakes because again, I think content agnostic. If you're not a math teacher, I hope you didn't tune out because <laughs> these conversations are so important for every content area. And I don't know where it came to be that students had one chance at a test and that was it and that became their grade. I don't, not that we retake till, you know, for a month, that's not the point, but why we have gotten away from allowing at least one. Revision, I don't get that because in the real world, of course, we submit things to our supervisors, and if it's not perfect, which it often isn't, we get it sent back and we keep working on it until it's right. And so, I don't know where that got lost in education. And I'm so glad to hear that you're doing that. I would do that in fourth grade when I taught fourth, and kids had a chance, students had a chance to
2: to revise um, all
0: the time. So that's exciting. Yeah.
2: Well, and what's exciting is, I'm also a teacher at Front Range, mm-hmm. and they've mm-hmm. even gotten to the point that taking the first couple of tests, if they fail it, they don't get a retake at the college level, but we can actually take the final and replace the grade if we can have mm-hmm. them show the growth. So so have them take that test and say, okay, what did we do wrong? How can we learn from this? And then prove for the next time. So even the college is kind of getting away from Amazing. that. That's great. So we also want to highlight
0: how you are effective facilitation in your classrooms because specifically you're both known for this specifically letting go and providing scaffolds without giving solutions away, which is key. So when you've got a room full of anxious high schoolers or any age, really, for that matter, because we know like we've talked about math can produce some more anxiety than most content. What are your go-to strategies? Let's start with Ken for now. All
1: right, Um. I I sort of mentioned it earlier, I kind of build them up from something they're comfortable with, like adding, subtracting, multiplying, dividing numbers, mm-hmm. great. Now let's add, subtract, multiply, and divide decimals. And then mm-hmm. now let's make it a number where you have to calculate something first and then add, subtract, multiply, divide decimals. So it, it always comes back to that, that sort of place of safety, which is the word you would use earlier, mm-hmm. that safe location, and then just building them up to something that is more complicated, like a standard deviation. If you ever look at the equation for it it's terrifying. It's just yes. a giant
0: there's this huge
1: there's Greek letters in there oh, like it's scary. just a horrible Greek is scary so equation. so
3: scary. You have epsilon in there you're like what is happening? <laughs>
1: yeah. And it just looking at that equation by itself if that's what you start with mm-hmm. the students are already lost. Like mm-hmm. you can't show them the end product first. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to say okay let's build you up to hey what's this 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 weird symbol here that's the average you guys know how to find an average, right? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's easy. Great. Mm-hmm. And you know how to square a number, right? Oh, yeah, that's easy. And then pretty soon it's like, okay, we're just going to do all that at once. And constantly kind of come back to that place of safety and build on it. Rather than, here's the thing I want you to do. Let's do it five times and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. doing it once is scary. And by the time you were to get through that first one, it's it's so scary they can't do it anymore. So it's all about, for me, starting with something they're comfortable with and Building on that, so like I said, standard deviation, I teach a lot of statistics, so that's <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Six of the seven classes I teach are statistics. So it's just coming back to that, now we're up to, like I said earlier, confidence intervals. Well, the first part of a confidence interval is an average. Oh, you can find the average, and then there's this weird z-score thing, and it's like, oh, that's a horrible and equation I have too. No, we have no yeah. idea what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> me, I do,
3: because I'm writing a dissertation right now. <laughs> <laughs> but That's not well,
0: so so I'm,
1: yeah. I'm still working on it. <laughs> oh my god! It's just kind of taking these pieces that are all very simple by themselves and building them into something more complicated that you're suddenly mm-hmm. more comfortable with because you understand how all the pieces work. So sort of it, spiraling it, yeah, what sort of I spiraling hear. spiraling that and mm-hmm. always coming back to that place mm-hmm. where they're comfortable. And then moving it somewhere a little uncomfortable. Yes, because it's okay to be a little uncomfortable.
0: Yes, it is. That's where, that's where the magic yeah, happens. Yeah, that's where that magic happens. Right. You
1: can't start out uncomfortable because then you never no, make any no. growth because you're kind of frozen and you're stuck there. Mm-hmm. So I always make that make that place a safety. And if they're if they are at a point where they don't know what's happening anymore, it's like okay, let's stop for a second. Let's go back and start from some place where you're comfortable. Let's just completely cut off, disconnect, and start oh my over. Gosh. And it, it, those students really respond to that because you can always tell when you're teaching. You can watch the students who are, if, if the whole class is just zoned out, stop teaching. Like, yeah. <laughs> what you're doing stop is not talking. working. Like, you have to just stop and start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, find a different door. Find a different entry point, and
0: oh, take And
1: take them that next step in a different way. Like, you just have to for... constantly build off of where they're comfortable. You can't make them super uncomfortable the whole time.
0: That's our t-shirt,
3: find a different door.
1: There you go. Oh, that's that, cause or we our tattoo, have a, we our either tat have t-shirts or tattoos.
3: I love that, find a different door. Well, Ken, what you were saying reminds me a lot of, we were lucky enough to have Patrice Bain come back to, she did an episode of Rainwaves with us, and then she met with our Science of Learning Collaborative on Zoom and just answered questions. And one of the questions was, if they're not getting it. Mm -hmm. What do I do? And she says, start with what they know. Yeah. And I just if you're a total education
0: nerd like we are, I hear a lot of Vygotsky in here, like the zone of proximal development. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you've taken those courses and getting start where they are, and then move to a little bit of what they don't know. I mean, it's learning progression work, it's all of that. So, oh my gosh, that was fabulous. Thank Thank you.
3: (laughs) Kendra, tell us about your
0: your
2: thoughts and your amazing facilitation. (laughs) No pressure. I do not teach statistics, so mine is not standard deviation, by the way, (laughs) it's not z-score. I mean, I think with all contents, Mm -hmm. math, stats, whatever we're talking about, it's about having the students have the entry points. Mm -hmm. So when he was talking about adding and subtracting and all of those things, for me, I need to know the students, there's always prior knowledge to every lesson, uh-huh. whether it's a history lesson, mm-hmm. math lesson or whatever. And you really have to make sure they understand that prior knowledge before you just dive in. Mm-hmm. So at the start of the lesson, I always start with the homework questions just so I can make sure I can solidify what might've been a misunderstanding from the previous class. And then if someone was absent, they've at least been exposed to what we're gonna be building on this class. Mm-hmm. And then after doing the homework, I go straight to little at all strategy of the whiteboard work and I go, what do they need to know entering this lesson that I'm assuming they know. And that's kind of something that was emphasized in the math collaborative is we had to like look at the lessons and really say, okay, I'm making assumptions. I need to make sure they actually know it. So I put them up at the whiteboards and I try and have like, you need to know this. And then there's always one stretch. Because especially in my honors classes, there's GT kids that I need to just add that one. Mm -hmm. And then I can sit back once again and look and be like, they know it, they know it, they know it. Oh, this group doesn't have the prior knowledge they need Mm -hmm. to be successful with today's lesson. Mm -hmm. So I can go and work with that group. And while I'm working with that group, the other people have the stretch problem that they may or may not need for that lesson. And then once the lesson starts, I present them with the problem where we go through it together. And then once again, I put them back to the whiteboards. So then um, now they have the entry point, they have the prior knowledge they can, and then they can be successful with what we're covering that day. Yeah, oh, so, like, so
3: retrieval, too, I hear.
2: Yeah. Priming mm-hmm.
3: with that background knowledge. Like, what do you know? And I love the I tell this to all the um, new teachers I work with through induction and the big saying is assume nothing
2: and yeah and that's so in the math collaborative also then talks about when we write assessments we really kind of need to do it in like a three, two, one format because there is basic retrieval and just like straight questioning but then you also do have to give chance, um students a chance that they're with questions that don't just have like one answer where they can explain their thinking because mm-hmm. we all think different differently and in math we're always like there's only one right answer but I might explain how Z-scores work very differently than Ken because I don't teach that And Shane, if you describe yeah. how Z-score works. Oh, it'd be very different. Then, <laughs> then, right, then maybe Susie will get it by and the then, end of this. And I now guess, you have yeah, three, three. Or if you had to explain it, so like if you give them a chance to actually explain how it works too, like don't do it, explain the process mm. behind it. Mm. It's a different type of questioning that we're supposed to add in.
3: Oh beautiful it's amazing
2: it's all that conceptual mm-hmm. work
3: that you're working on like as well as the new content And there's just so much thinking that goes into it both on the student end and the teacher end <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sort
1: of adding on to that um mm-hmm. just also honoring that there are multiple paths to yes. the right answer like mm-hmm. in math yes there is one right answer but there's four different ways mm-hmm. to do that problem yes. yes pick the one that works for you and do that which is and, not how we got taught yeah. growing up at all you know we, we all kind of grew me. up in the old school mm-hmm. like here is the strategy and this is your yep. only strategy and mm-hmm. if you're doing it any other way you're wrong
0: my way or the highway yeah. and i and, yeah it just boggles yeah. my mind that anyone got any math out of that <laughs> i, I mean, didn't i don't <laughs> know
1: if i did <laughs> you know
0: i mean yeah oh thank you for doing that with kids and yeah. honoring their prior knowledge too, honoring what they bring to the table that's that's beautiful.
2: Well, and that's something I love about the randomized seating that's completely transparent. So mm-hmm. I know we've talked about the mm-hmm. the deck of cards and it's as a student comes in, they just draw a card mm-hmm. and it sets up from the beginning that we value every student the same, yes. that I mm-hmm. don't expect you to be GT in math and oh, I'm pairing mm-hmm. you with the GT mm-hmm. kids so they're explaining everything. They enter knowing mm-hmm. I have the exact same expectation for every single person in this class and I'll pair you with anyone. It's
0: been a game changer in the yeah. district. Oh, it's amazing.
1: Unbelievable. And even if you do it randomly, like when the students aren't around, you're like, okay, guys, I randomly put this seating chart together. Get in your seats. Mm-hmm. All the students are like, yeah, random. Right. Yeah, put sure. Her. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know and I'm never going to gonna get to
0: be with my friend Tommy. Right. Yeah. They, they separated mm-hmm. us on purpose. Per- like,
1: mm-hmm. now, with that deck of cards, just pick a card. Like, I have no idea where you're going to end up, who mm-hmm. you're going to work with today. There's, It's not that I'm choosing your group. Mm-hmm. It's just... Come on in, do sit, you know, sit with whoever you end up with. And I, that's and what I love
2: it. with Lila is They're like, eventually, that Tommy and the other yep. kid are going to get together. They are, and you're all yep. like, but that's the first group right. you visit. Right. <laughs> right. and it's, it's only today, <laughs> yeah, right. It's you're like, it's not going to be for gonna, the week, so we, everyone will survive.
0: We'll <laughs> <It'll> be okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they sometimes yeah. surprise sometimes you. They that's what I have yes. been surprised with. Is sometimes you're like, oh oh no oh no and and they have they have their good days and their bad days but they have surprised uh-huh. me because they're like we got we gotta take it damage. so like, we have to show her that we can, we can do on, it <laughs> that we can be on task that's funny so we always joke like
0: uh-huh. we can't
3: really sit next
2: to we don't meetings. sit next to each yeah.
3: other ever when we're in meetings
2: because we'll just talk and we can't do that so see uh-huh. but if it was randomized you'd, it's like Maybe. a celebration right. when you get together and you're like what we what gotta we gotta show <laughs> we can do it <laughs> we can do it we can do it well <laughs>
1: I do the opposite strategy. Whenever I walk into a meeting, I sit next to somebody I haven't talked to in a while, and then I end up getting off task anyway. Oh, but
0: goodness. It's at least yeah.
1: like I try to make sure that I have sat next to everybody, sort of the opposite strategy well, as opposed to always sitting next to the same people. That's but, very thoughtful. Yeah.
3: <laughs> connections, building those connections.
1: connections. Yeah, staff all the way down.
3: So we also wanted to highlight Ken, you, and how you're working with our PTeach paras. For their college-level statistics class. Yep. <laughs> is that one of your six or is that an extra That's on top?
1: One of my seven, yeah.
3: Okay. And then so our P-Teach Paras, they speak so highly of you and your support. Uh, and one of our P-Teach instructors, while we were getting ready for our show notes um, for this podcast, discussed how some of those adults walk into your course at the beginning of the year just absolutely terrified of math. And by the end of the year, you've helped them feel really confident in their mathematical abilities. Can you speak to the similarities and differences in creating academic safety for adults and high school students?
1: Absolutely. Um, The academic safety part is identical. You find that entry point, figure out what they can do comfortably. Mm -hmm. The difference is in the anxiety level, some of my students in that class are in their 40s and 50s, and they haven't had a math class in 30 years. Mm. And their anxiety level is through the roof. Is through the
0: roof, I bet.
1: They they just have yeah. that like, I've never been good at math, and now I'm in a college math class, and, and it's been years. And I'm, and I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not a math person. <laughs> not even years, it's we, been decades. Right. We <laughs> talked
0: about that with Jeff McAll, yeah. how we have people say that all. The, I'm not a math yeah. person. No,
1: we're and, all math people, yeah. and mm-hmm. it just it comes down again to like finding those entry points. And for some of them, it is like, what's five plus seven? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh my god. I forgot.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Look,
2: what's you five got plus this. three? You bothered to do this. Up yeah.
1: Five plus three. Like just really finding a place where they are comfortable. And sometimes you do have to go all the way back to just adding and subtracting mm-hmm. and then having them use their resources for it. Um, because it is a statistics mm-hmm. thing, we do a lot of work on spreadsheets and calculators. Getting them comfortable using a calculator, I never thought I would ever have to do in my life because I'm used to mm-hmm. teaching high school kids. They all come through middle school and they're very comfortable with calculators. And
2: they're tech savvy, so they're, they're not tech afraid savvy. of yeah. They're
1: not afraid of spreadsheets. They're just, okay, whatever. They're
2: also not afraid to play with the technology. True. That's true. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid they're going to mess it up. That's yeah. not a thing for them. Yeah. And
1: some of those older mm-hmm. students, um, last year I had a woman in her 60s and she has she's not tech savvy. She's just mm-hmm. not. But by the end of class, like we got to the point, okay, this is how you type things into a spreadsheet to get it to do those numbers. And I would help her with it. And then I'd have her do one and then I'd kind of help her tweak it. And then, okay, that's for problem number one. Let's go to problem number two. Mm -hmm. And the way I do that PTeach class is we only actually do content on Thursdays, but we meet Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the Tuesday is basically a tutoring session. Mm -hmm. So the students who are in that sort of struggling place, Mm -hmm. they show up every Tuesday and they are still freaking out. Because they they still forgot, like, oh my gosh, I forgot how that command works in that spreadsheet, or I can't get my my calculator to do square root. What's that button again? Mm-hmm. And well, let's walk through it again, and let's try it a different way, and think about it a different way. Maybe write down this step-by-step process in your notes, and just keep coming back to this little card, is what one of them did, is a little note card, and just wrote on, like, how to get it to do square root, and just had that note card paper clipped every page of her notes. Like, every time she turned the page, she would move the mm-hmm. paper clip. Just, mm-hmm for that safety aspect and there's
0: nothing wrong with that i mean that's why we use post-it notes that's why i'm looking at all of our computers right now with sticky notes on i mean that's literally the purpose of that and going back
2: to even with jeff Gral said about the practice what he's allowing is his if you want someone to improve on reading, you sit down and you read with them. If you mm-hmm. want someone to improve on mm-hmm. baseball, you go and you play baseball with them. We don't give the time to sit down mm-hmm. and practice the math. And that's kind of one of the things he emphasized that he does with those Tuesday sessions, is it allows that time to sit down and practice math one-on-one, because that's what it's about. In a low-stakes environment, it Always. sounds
1: like. Yeah, I'm, I'm unless it's a test, it's really not that high-stakes. And even my tests, I walk around and answer questions. They're like, I forgot this equation, and I didn't write it on my cheat sheet. Okay, here you go. Like, it's right. an equation. And like, if I give you the right. equation, can you still do and the work? And this is not uh, right. a secret, yeah. and this it's, is yeah.
0: not, I'm not gonna hold this over your head because I had to give this to you exactly. again. Just you bet. can what? Google it.
3: Yeah. Right, <laughs> yes. Well, not I was like, if there's an equation that I'm like, oh, I need this for, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many tabs I have in my textbooks right now for my statistics yeah. uh, analysis. Yeah, because like, I'm not going to have them in my head to pull immediately.
1: And it's that real world experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know of anybody in the real world who doesn't Google stuff when they need to, mm-hmm. who doesn't have that access to resources when they're working. Yes. So it, if they've forgotten something and they're freaking out about it, here, have it. Habits. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. so low stakes in that sense. Like, you do need to know how to use it. Like, I'll gladly give you that equation. And if you know what you're doing, that alleviates some of that stress. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh yeah, that's what X is. And that's what, You know Mm -hmm. cumulative means and all these things and okay that's fine but if they're if they're coming in super high anxiety and they don't know what to do and they can't figure it out let's take a breath right stop reset find another door to walk through find another entry point and just keep kind of pushing them forward and then after my statistics class is the full academic year so after the whole year of of that little tlc here and there at the end of the semester, they're actually really solid. At the end of the year, they're very comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's because it took a year to make them comfortable, (laughs) but that's what it takes, just keep going. Keep trying, keep working.
0: And the same for writing, for social studies. I I mean, there's a lot of terms in English language arts, hyperbole and similes and metaphor. I mean, people might not remember all the differences. Why are we holding on to that as if they have to earn that definition back for, or, you know, what I'm trying to think of social, authoritarianism or whatever it is. (laughs) we, we have to, I just want to start giving things away more to kids without making them feel like they're not smart because they didn't remember 27 terms.
1: Yeah.
0: That's exciting, good for you. So quick brain dump to wrap up. Kendra, what would be if you had to give one big nugget to say a new teacher, a P-teach teacher maybe, one big nugget to creating these necessary conditions for safety, what would you?
2: So for me, and I know I said it at the beginning, relationships really are the most important thing. But there are so many different definitions when people say relationships, mm-hmm. what does that actually mean? So reading the book Necessary Conditions, they talk about passive caring mm-hmm. versus, um, I believe it's active caring. And it's one of those things, like when you read it, you're like, what does that actually mean? So an example is like, if you're standing at the door and you're just greeting the students, that's passive caring. But students truly do know if you're actively caring or not. So instead of just greeting them out the door, if they had like a basketball competition, ask them how it went. Mm-hmm. If they went on a vacation, ask how like, what did you do? What was your favorite part? Mm-hmm. Um, if they seem like they're having a bad day, ask if there's anything you can do for them mm-hmm. or if anything's OK. Mm-hmm. And it's just even we talked about retakes and just doing the blanket statement like we offer retakes that's not actually enough to create the academically safe environment. If you know a student needs to do the retake, to show you truly care, you actually go and have a one-on-one conversation and you go, hey, Susie or whoever, your grade's not quite where I know it can be. And that would have been accurate. (laughs) 100% accurate.
0: but, But
2: you would have been like, your grade's not where I know it can be remember we offer retakes and in order to do the retakes you need to complete the study guide we have those videos on Mm. schoology Um, i stay after school on thursdays come in and get help i know you can do better you're now actively showing you care and the students are just willing to do so much more Mm. like i can't express how important relationships are like that Mm. truly to me that is the big piece and make sure it's active actively caring and genuine and genuine Mm -hmm. and genuine Mm -hmm. well and that reminds me i mean just
3: connecting theory and practice. It's um, Geneva Gay's research in culturally responsive practices. She talks a lot about caring for versus caring about. And your caring for is your active active caring, right? Like, let's actually get involved. Let's actually have that one-on-one conversation. Let's follow up on something I know that is going to happen this weekend. How did that basketball game go? How's your grandmother doing? Mm-hmm. How okay. is yep.
0: your yeah. hair? New haircut, so cute, right? Love your shoes, whatever it is, but and genuinely meaning it is goes such a long way. Yeah.
1: Well,
2: and then they ask how you're doing. Like mm-hmm. if they see you're having an off day, they can make it better mm-hmm. too. Like mm-hmm. it go, it becomes a reciprocal relationship mm-hmm.
3: because they're of, bought um, in because yep. it's a relationship. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, I love that. And mm-hmm. then uh, Ken, what about
2: you?
1: Um, I would just sort of add from the teacher side of things. We we've talked a lot about you know Lillietal stuff, and mm. I know for me, I I am still now yeah, I'm almost twenty years into teaching, and I was talking with Shane about this uh, before we started. Is I'm still screwing things up. <laughs> I'm still trying new things. I'm trying the Lillie doll thing. Mm. As a teacher, you just gotta try something new. This year, I made a whole project in my statistics class that's never existed before. And I, I just jumped in the deep end. I went full Lillian doll on the thing, mm-hmm. and I assigned groups randomly. They had to build a board game and then do all the statistics to prove that their board game is winnable. And then they got a whole day to play board games. So it was an awesome project. It is terrifying as a teacher <laughs> to
2: yes. just
1: completely make up something mm-hmm. that's never existed before, give it to yep. a bunch of randomly assigned students who don't know each other very well, go.
0: You exited the comfort zone oh, though. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm.
1: that's what you're asking your students to do. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to step out of your own comfort zone and try some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there is no shallow end when it comes to those buildings of relationships. You just, you just have to do it. You just have to go out and talk to your students and talk to your peers and teachers and just try something new and you know, I, like I said, I I was terrified of that
0: project
1: <laughs> and it, it, it was great. I even gave the students a little survey afterwards, like, what would you change about this project? You know, it's never existed before. I appreciate your feedback. What do you want? And they're like, can we pick our groups next time? No. <laughs> like, that was the only thing that they would change. And I was like, I feel really accomplished right Aww. now, like that I made something and it actually was cool. And that was that was the only thing that they were like, we just would. Wish we could work with our friends. Well, you work well, differently with your friends. Maybe and this time. We had that Did conversation. Depending on the yeah. card
0: deck. Tommy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even Tommy might be together.
1: But it, it, it opened up that conversation. Like, here's Aww. the reason I didn't have you work with your friends. Mm-hmm. Like, you and your friends already have this established who's going to do what kind of relationship. But working with somebody new, mm-hmm. you have to kind of take everybody as an equal and you know that you're good at things and they know that they're good at things. And you had to find each other out a little bit, build that relationship with each other. And great. Like you learned something and you did something that you wouldn't have known how to do before. And I look at myself the same way. Like I did something that I've never done before. I don't usually do projects. I don't mm-hmm. like them. But as a student, they really needed something Different concrete. Thing. Like instead yeah. of, hey, here's this cool standard deviation thing. That's great. How about a board game? Like that's something you can physically play, mm-hmm. and it just it opened them up to what you can do with statistics and it authentic was weird. learning. Yeah,
0: right. Engagement was yeah. high, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It well. was.
1: It was a lot of fun, but like I said, it's scary for me too. Like, mm-hmm. I got to be out of my comfort zone just as much as they are.
2: Mm-hmm. And if you ask. P-TECH students, what they have to do when they do their internships with IBM is do collaboration with groups they're not used to and like just creating that in the high school. Well,
0: you just explained the why to them, which is so important, that transparency about why you're making decisions in the classroom is what builds relationships, too. It creates metacognition for them. So again, comes back to relationships and Mm -hmm. you're
3: modeling. What it looks and feels like to also step outside your comfort zone and take a risk. Mm -hmm. Wow! Oh, Oh, I love it. This is so fun. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you both so much for coming on the podcast today. And we just want to know where can people find you potentially on the web? Are you on Twitter or X? Mm -hmm. I don't know. We just refuse to call it X at this point. (laughs) Sorry,
1: Elon. Um, Not really specific with education. (laughs) Okay. So I don't really put myself out there too much.
2: Well, if you all. I we'll, go to a lot of PDs. So okay. you can we'll, catch, you we'll, can catch we'll me at all, yeah.
0: all of those things. We'll put your names in our Twitter <laughs> posts. But yeah. since we also asked Adam and Ariane, our previous married couple, what they were having for dinner after recording, we're asking you what's for dinner tonight at home.
2: We are having French dip. Oh, oh that, that, that sounds, sounds yummy. delicious. Well, I know. That's new fun. Year's resolution was to do okay. meal prep. So it's like oh, in the crock pot. So the meat's been there all day.
0: Good for you. So yeah, uh-huh. and prepped yeah, like
1: eight a- meals last weekend. And yeah. this is meal number five. You're our heroes. Four, somewhere in there.
0: You're a big meal prepper though, too. I'm not, I am terrible
3: at that. Otherwise I wouldn't eat because <laughs>
1: then I look in the
3: fridge and I go, nothing's ready. And I don't
0: really
2: feel like, close yeah, the I closed, yeah. Hey, See, we were going <laughs> okay. out. So, so we're,
0: that was we're like, problem, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like there's nothing ready. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> that restaurant <laughs> Oh, good.
0: French dip sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both so much.
1: Thanks for of us and inviting us. I Thank
0: you. Okay, Shane, what are your big takeaways from our second married teacher couple recording besides dinner ideas, of course?
3: (laughs) No meal prepping right now. So when Ken described how he starts with um, what the students know in order to build confidence, I could not stop nodding my head along. Mm -hmm. It was like I was headbanging at a rock concert. (laughs) Yes, same here. When we show them what they do know, it helps build that confidence and breaks down those more complex steps into those digestible bites. And what a great way to honor that background knowledge and prime them for that new content. I also absolutely loved how Kendra talked about active caring and the way that she intentionally engages with her students to show she cares and that she's there to support them. How about you, Susie?
0: All of that, and I think mine was that if the entry point you've chosen isn't working, try another one. Try a different door, I think is how They phrased it and it was a real moment for me, especially in math, but really in all subject matters. We need to move away from it's my way or the highway approach. As Patrice Bain said, we need to invite all of our learners to the party. And if they can't get in the front door, open a window,
3: open (laughs) open a back door, open something. Such an important conversation. We hope you're all able to find new doors to open for your students in this new year.
0: And as always, thank you so much for tuning in today, everyone. Feel free to reach out or tag us on Twitter with your own stories about learning and instruction. And thank you so much to our high school intern, Zoe Ebert, for all of her work in the editing room.